This is Your Partners in Pain, a podcast that aims to bring together those who live with pain, healthcare providers who treat chronic pain, and researchers working on topics that affect people living with pain. This podcast is a must-listen for anyone experiencing pain or anyone trying to help those who live with it. Your Partners in Pain is presented by the Saskatchewan Pain Society, also known as SAS Pain, and I am your host, Alexandria. Each episode, we are going to speak to Saskatchewan-based healthcare providers and researchers who have information and education to share about pain science and pain care. We are also going to speak with everyday people as they share their incredible stories of living with pain and the techniques they've used to help manage it and live well. It is important to note that the information presented in this podcast represents the opinions of the host and the guests that appear on the show and not that of SAS Pain. The content presented should not be taken as direct health care advice, but for informational purposes only. Because each individual is unique, please consult your healthcare provider for any questions or concerns you have, or before you incorporate any of the ideas presented in this podcast into your own treatment plan. Today, we are speaking with Dr. Donelda Gowan. Donelda is a trained massage therapist. She holds multiple degrees in psychology, has a master's of science in epidemiology, and a PhD in population health. She is currently the associate director of the Center for Integrative Medicine in the Department of Community Health and Epidemiology within the College of Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan. She has recently retired from massage therapy after 35 years of practice. And today, Donelda is going to provide education on what integrative medicine is, the benefits of massage therapy, and also the importance of utilizing massage as a bridging therapy for those who are living with chronic pain. So Danella, thank you so much for joining us on Your Partners in Pain today. We've been trying to make this episode happen for a while now, so it is so great to finally have you here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I am so happy to be on your podcast. I first met Danelda after I had attended a number of lectures at the University of Saskatchewan at the Center for Integrative Medicine, where she is the Associate Director If you aren't familiar, these events have a variety of researchers or everyday people who come and speak to unique perspectives in health and wellness. And Anelda always does an incredible job of finding the most wonderful guests. I always learn so much in that one hour period. But Danelda, would you tell us a little bit more about what goes on at the center and perhaps give us an explanation or definition of what integrative medicine is? Uh, yes, I'm happy to. The Center for Integrative Medicine is an academic unit in the Department of Community Health and Epidemiology in the College of Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan. And as you mentioned, one of the things that we do is host the Integrative Health Seminar Series And prior to the pandemic, these were uh, grand round sessions in RUH, in the Royal University Hospital. And then we started using the Zoom uh, platform. And I want to mention also that everyone is welcome to attend. And as an academic unit, we really focus to facilitate knowledge transfer and knowledge transfer and exchange. And, And we see ourselves as a hub for academics and clinicians and students and, of course, persons with lived experience who are interested in 
whole systems or whole systems health and healthcare. And we work uh, really hard to connect people and fields of study and to create learning partnerships between the university and the community and with a focus on the, the integration of the topics of healing and wellness. So that was kind of a long answer, but that's what the center is about. And now you also asked me about integrative medicine and if I could, if I could say more about that or, or define that term. And it's a great question. I, I think one could look at how to define integrative medicine or, or integrative healthcare in a variety of ways. And I think one way that is commonly described is that integrative medicine is the, the coordination of evidence-based care drawn you know, appropriately from conventional approaches. And conventional approaches would be things like medicine or rehab, psychotherapy, surgery, those types of biomedical approaches, but then also less conventional approaches. And those less conventional approaches would be things like uh, traditional or complementary integrative medicine, uh, TCAM is, is a common um, uh, abbreviation for that. And lots of people will be familiar with examples like mind-body approaches such as meditation or mindfulness. But, you know, it could also be really large medical systems that that describes. So things like traditional Chinese medicine or, or functional medicine, and of course, uh, body-based therapies and, and methods like, like massage therapy. But, you know, it strikes me also there's there's another way to think about it, another way to to look at what integrative medicine is or what we might say more as integrative healthcare in sort of a finer uh, lens is that um, in the really big picture, integrative health really focuses on an awareness of the whole person. So now you have great expertise in, in this as well in terms of the ecological perspective on health and, and that uh, integrative healthcare should stress the importance of all the levels of influence on health. And we certainly know from population health and epidemiology, the social determinants of health speak to all levels of individuals and families and communities and populations and even the planet's health really right and uh, so i think that that might be a familiar uh, emphasis that people would think about that biopsychosocial or even that biopsychospiritual interplay in in health and illness and and even the broader impact of the environment on um, individuals well-being so that sounded like a fairly long uh, answer to your question but uh, it's a it's a very broad topic area and authorities and sources will vary in how they define that term. That is all really, really fascinating. And I'm going to make sure that I include some links so that people can connect directly with the center. But that really holistic approach where we are looking at the individual and the social and environmental, um, you know, the global level, the local level, it's also essential for overall well-being. Danelda, you have a massive amount of education, which I spoke to during our introduction, but your background is actually in massage therapy. 
Would you be willing to tell us a little bit more about your personal story and how you ended up as a massage therapist? Well, I am happy to do so. And uh, my my story of becoming interested in massage therapy as uh, as a as a field as a career began for me just way back in high school when I was a teenager, my mother fell and broke her arm. And her very forward-thinking GP in Owen Sound, Ontario, at the time referred her to an RMT, a registered massage therapist. And the thought was that the massage therapist could help with some of the shoulder pain and neck pain associated with with the fracture because she was in a sling and she had you know, stress and, and it was, it was a tra- um, traumatic in terms of the injury. And he just thought that um, that would be a good place for her to, uh, to, to have some care. And honestly, um, Alexandria, that was the first time that, that I or anyone in my family had ever even heard of massage therapy. So I was quite intrigued. And then I also have to be completely honest in telling my story of my career path. I was a 17-year-old high school student, and I remember being very much drawn to the length of the program. It was two years of college versus long, long years at university, and I was so very anxious to get to adulting, so that was one of the other draws. (laughs) I totally understand that as a student right now, so you made a great choice. (laughs) Well, and as you you know, the the years go by and the schooling becomes uh, quite enjoyable as well and uh and, and it all it all fits together and and it's been a fascinating journey uh, within this field in in massage therapy and and decades later you know i'm i'm still so interested in massage therapy and and how it fits within uh healthcare in in canada and in north america and in the world and of course i'm i'm fascinated by others expertise and and you as a sociologist have so much of the medical anthropological knowledge that I think we're just really scratching the surface of understanding how we can learn from uh, history and sociology uh, in terms of doing better at helping people with uh, with their healthcare uh, issues. And so, you know, it's challenging in, in terms of massage therapy and, and, and thinking about it in relation to research and, and education and, and practice because it's touch, right? Human touch. It's a skilled applied human touch. And there's certainly still barriers of face to providing uh, health-based, skilled, physical manipulation uh, within uh, healthcare. And uh, and it's interesting to me because we, you know, we we certainly accept from uh, from from primates, from animals, that uh, caring touch is critical for health. And from psychology, we know this. And from from uh, zoology, we know this. And uh, and yet, we we struggle sometimes to accept that this is part of uh, appropriate uh, uh, and and legitimate strategies to 
provide care for people uh, here. And uh, I, 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 you asked about you know how did I get into the the stream into the profession? And I really think that that outsideness, you know, we value uh, physiotherapy and physical therapy, um, but massage therapy is just a little bit outside of mainstream. And uh, I will say that is probably attracted to me, um, um, attracted me right off the bat because I am by nature curious about novel ways of being and doing. And I like helping people and, and massage therapy was a great fit for me. That makes total sense. And that active connection is so important, which is why on this podcast, whenever we can, we always try to encourage people to be reaching out for social support whenever possible. But I love your perspective on just how much we know that physical touch can do a great deal for wellness. And as a pain patient myself, I have always gone for massage therapy and it's always made me feel better. But switching gears a bit, I found in my time working alongside people in pain care and pain research that there are so many different pain diagnoses that exist. And so many of them are resistant to conventional treatments like medication or physical therapy. And in some of those cases, often there is absolutely no structural problem to be found to explain someone's pain. I'm thinking about things like uh, fibromyalgia, which we know is a sensitivity closely linked to the nervous system. But a lot of people report benefits after going for a massage, as I just did a moment ago. So I guess what I'm wondering is, does that have to do more with how relaxed you can feel while you're getting a massage, do you think? Or is there something happening, you know, at that tissue level when you are working with and manipulating it in a way that has positive benefits for your body in terms of, you know, increased mobility or blood flow or flexibility, um, as well as just feeling really good for the nervous system. Or maybe it's both. Maybe we have no idea. It seems so complex at this point. <laughs> it, it is indeed complex, isn't it? And yes, I think I think what your what your uh, question points to if if there was a if there was a, a a simple answer or a great answer to a complex question about what's the mechanism of action regarding massage therapy how does massage therapy uh, help and um, uh, and I, I I'm sorry to say that I don't have a simple or a or really great answer um, because by definition massage therapy is the um, the skilled physical manipulation of of, of soft tissues in the body, and so we often think about the we often think about the you know the physical input to the organism uh, and the re resulting outcomes. And so the mechanism of action question is is a little bit infamous in in my field, and I, I say infamous because massage therapy is a very old therapy, and it is frequently used. You know, in fact. Um, um, massage therapy in Canada is the most uh, used of the insured non-medical health services. And so it's used by millions of Canadians. And yet as an area of research, that mechanism of action or that how does it work is still a, a novel question uh, for which we don't have great answers. And, and as you suggested, you know, there's, there's varying hypotheses but the area of research of testing theories of how massage therapy works is is underdeveloped, and you know there's 
there's even, you know, perhaps even insufficient interest in, in studying or supporting how massage therapy relieves pain. Um, because it's, it's, you know, it's got a little, it's, it's much more um, broadly applied in terms of the whole person as opposed to something um, like a pharmacological uh, agent, you know, where we're able to administer um, a standardized uh, dose of um, some sort of a drug and run a randomized controlled trial and sort people uh, according to, to the outcomes. But I can tell you, even though there hasn't been a great deal of research on the on the how massage therapy works uh, in terms of pain, there has been a pretty solid exploration of the what or what are the outcomes. And I wanted to sh- to share with you that you know there was a recent um, a meta-analysis, a large systematic review with meta-analysis, and, and as you know, that's a, a large um, or a number of studies that are combined together, and the data is is pooled in order to to be able to say something more uh, concrete about the findings. And in 2021, um, uh, author um, Crawford um, and others uh, were able to conclude that based on the evidence, massage therapy should be strongly recommended as a pain uh, management option. So we often do hear uh, from various uh, factions within healthcare that there's not a lot of research to support massage therapy. And I think that's not an accurate representation. In fact, Massage therapy has been the subject of more than 300 clinical trials and dozens of systematic reviews specific to the topic of massage therapy and pain. So while I say it's how it works is um, not well researched, it's um, support and the recommendations that people can make either to to uh, refer individuals for massage therapy or to seek massage therapy themselves uh, has a pretty solid evidence base, and and I I just wanted to sh- to share that uh, that um, you know with respect to decreasing pain, uh, increasing mobility and some function, I think it's very reasonable to think of of massage therapy as an appropriate um, bridging therapy, even a way of easing discomfort and helping people with activities of daily living, so that. That they can get on with the activity of daily living. Absolutely. And a bridging therapy, that is such a great term and way to think of it. I actually had no idea that so many people even went for massage. So I'm going to see if we can get that statistic for the show notes, if anybody is interested to do their own research on that. But I'm thinking out loud a little bit here. And I feel like a lot of people would rather just take medications to try to manage their pain as opposed to going for this type of regular treatment. You know, they've got to leave their house. They've got to make just another appointment. But I'm wondering if you have any advice or insight for patients who may feel apprehensive starting a massage therapy routine, because for some people going for a massage could be painful if they're already experiencing a lot of physical pain as is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, really important topic. And and one that I, you know, I'm really glad that you brought up. It's a, you know, it's a big question for what um, people should consider. And uh, I want to share that massage therapy safety was the topic of my doctoral work. So in response to, you know, this whole line of questioning, I want to say that, um, and I, and I I agree with you, and I understand you know oftentimes the 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 impetus to um, move towards medications. I I do understand that in terms of 
when we're not feeling well, we, you know, we want relief and we, and, and we're, we're seeking whatever strategies are most available to us and are, are most familiar and are, are most supported. And so you're, you're right that oftentimes, you know, when we're, when we're, when we're struggling with something, uh, it's, it's an additional burden to try new things or, or to try, uh, novel things. And I just want to say that compared to the risks of medication, I think, you know, we all reasonably understand that, um, uh, compared to the risk of medication, something like massage therapy, uh, risk of adverse events occurring is low. Um, but the results of my own research, um, uh, suggest strongly that provided this is true, provided that the massage therapy is, um, given and provided by a trained and skilled practitioner, because there are risks, and uh, particularly as you mentioned, uh, Alexandra, you know, people with um, complex issues, complex pain uh, issues, massage therapy absolutely must be applied judiciously, and you know, your your point about um, pain or your question or query around um, things being painful. Um, I'm going to argue, and people might disagree with me, so I, I, I want to say this is this is one point of view, but I'm going to argue that for massage uh, therapy to be therapeutic, for massage to be therapeutic, it shouldn't be experienced as a painful stimulus. Right. So if we wanted to be really particular about that, you um, uh, will know uh, as well as anyone and better than than many that um, pain stimulus by definition is something that is uh, unpleasant. So so I'm going I'm going to suggest that is that really what we mean when we, when we say that it could be um, that it could be painful and and perhaps that splitting hairs but i just want us to really think carefully on that because of course i appreciate that you know sometimes people say that that massage can hurt so good but i'm going to i'm going to tickle that a little bit and say that if it feels good is it really pain by definition is it pain and maybe at the end of the day the important thing is that you know ultimately um, we we want people to be guided by listening to their own bodies it, it should feel like it's helping i guess that's what i will say also alexandria is that it should feel like it's helping and each individual should be able to discern that for themselves because i, I know there will be exceptions uh, whereby massage therapy would be considered a necessary procedural pain, right? And, and anybody who has a history of uh, access and uh, experience with, with health and, and health care knows that there's, there's procedural pain, things that, um, that we go through in order to be feeling better. Burn care would be a really good example, right? Where oftentimes um, things like uh, soft tissue manipulation and manipulation of the tissue is painful in the process of increasing extensibility or increasing uh, the mobility at joints. But I want to be clear that with respect to massage therapy for the management of pain, I think we really need to be 
precise also when we're speaking of different types of pain um, and or other kind of health conditions with associated pain and the appropriate approaches within massage therapy. Because just like we're just like um, the healthcare side of that or the health side of that, when we're talking about pain, you are a pain expert and you know, as you said in your question, that there's so many different um, diagnoses. Well, similarly, there's going to be a lot of different approaches with massage therapy and we would want to be dealing with someone who is knowledgeable and experienced and skilled that's able to apply that um, judiciously as I suggested and so I'd encourage anyone with pain considering massage therapy to be truly empowered to communicate your needs uh, and your individual response um, to the treatment to your massage therapist and a skilled and a knowledgeable RMT We'll be able to make a a treatment plan along with the person seeking care, and they will also be able to tailor an approach that's really specific to each individual's needs and then assess those outcomes and then monitor the progress and reassess where necessary and go in in the direction. And that's where I see massage therapy fitting into the integrative healthcare model is that that partnership between the practitioner and the patient, the individual receiving care is of paramount importance. It is to be a joint venture with uh, decision-making made uh, together. Those are all really important points to consider and you bring such a great perspective, especially on that empowerment piece. So thank you so much for elaborating on that. However, if somebody is interested, how do you find the right massage therapist? If you are going to go online right now and maybe Google Massage Therapy Saskatoon, there are so many people and places that pop up. And there are also so many different types of massage available, which I think makes it a bit overwhelming for people to even get started if they want to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I, I totally agree. And it is, it's a great question. And I want to say again, that I think it's essential for safety. Uh, I'm so um, aware of the vulnerability around having a chronic condition uh, like uh, chronic pain, uh, it is critical to find a massage therapist who's qualified to work with people uh, with health issues, uh, including uh, pain. So in this um, question, I, I my simple response would be, uh, my recommendation would be, would be to use the Find a Therapist directory on the Massage Therapist Association of Saskatchewan website. And that directory is set up really well so that you can search by city, but then within each therapist that's listed on the directory, they should have some, uh, you should be able to find some information about their um, qualifications and their interests and perhaps some of their um, advanced knowledge. And that could include knowledge in working with uh, individuals with uh, chronic pain and even with complex um, um, uh, pain types of conditions. So that's my recommendation is to find to find a therapist on the find a therapist directory on the massage therapist association of Saskatchewan website. Excellent. I will make sure that we throw that link into the show notes so we can get people on the right path if they feel so inclined. 
But Danelda, would you like to speak to anything else that we haven't discussed yet today? Well, because I know something about your area of expertise, I feel like you and I, I would love to speak with you about uh, how your knowledge could inform uh, what people uh, might um, consider in terms of massage therapy and pain. But that's a conversation we may have to have another time because I know that it's uh, it could be just a, a really rich discussion. And, and the reason reason that I that I'm so interested in the you know the medical anthropological or the sociological aspect of this is that we often you know we often think about chronic pain and in, in in how we can uh, empower people to to help themselves and I spoke at the you know when you asked me about my own interest in the in massage therapy as a career and as a as a part of healthcare and and you know I'm I'm a health services researcher so I'm interested in how these things fit together within our our systems and particularly for issues of chronic pain I find it so interesting that massage therapy might be often overlooked and I and I certainly in my career, I, we and, and my peers, I'm sure, uh, uh, listening, my massage therapy uh, practitioner uh, peers will often, you know, have this response that, well, massage therapy, you know, maybe doesn't really do anything. It just makes people feel better. And my peers and I, you know, will often be so perplexed when we when we hear this because we often wonder, you know, what are what are other healthcare providers trying to do for people? Because we, you know, we wonder what else there is there. Of, of course, we're trying to help um, people feel better. And so, you know, I think it comes down to sort of an interesting uh, you know, there's sort of a couple of ways of, of, of looking at these effects and how this can help uh, with, with chronic pain and with other sort of uh, health issues. And perhaps it sits in that mind-body realm. Maybe. Maybe it sits in that mind-body realm. Because I always say that after massage therapy, I, I always feel like the world is a, is a kinder gentler place <laughs> and, and and that's quite a profound effect and and maybe that's that mind body experience of that type of of caring skilled touch or maybe it is more uh reductionist i you know i can certainly share that one of the seminal papers in uh, the field in massage therapy research was a meta-analysis way back in, in 2004. And the researchers found that the decrease in anxiety and depression were, in fact, massage therapy's largest effects with a course of treatment providing benefits similar in magnitude to psychotherapy, like a 75% reduction in, uh, in um, uh, trait uh, anxiety and depression. So I find that very interesting. And, and I just wanted to share that uh, with listeners of your podcast in terms of where does massage therapy fit for people with chronic pain? And uh, I may not be providing so many answers as additional questions. <laughs> No, that is such a wonderful overview. And as you were speaking there, then, of course, my gears started turning as well. And, you know, if we do want to think about this from that anthropological, sociological line of thought, as opposed to the purely biomedical material, what is happening on the physical level? I know uh, just based on anecdotal evidence and, you know, my own personal experiences is that role of social connection is such an important piece. I think about 
when I was having chronic pain in the middle of COVID and I would go and see my massage therapist every week. And she was just really that outlet who was not only physiologically making me feel better because I had tons of muscle guarding that was happening. You know, my muscles just wouldn't release because I was anxious and because I was super tense, but I would go, I'd lay on her table for a massage for, you know, 60 to 90 minutes. And I would usually end up passing out immediately because my nervous system was so ramped up. But when I left that massage at the end, my breathing had slowed down. I felt so much calmer and it really is that bridging therapy that can help you get to the other side of being able to get active again, or, you know, have somebody who understands chronic pain and is supporting you, but also just making you feel good. So, you know, we could have a conversation back and forth about this, I feel like for probably two hours, but you've provided such an incredible wealth of knowledge with us today. And I'm so glad that we could speak to you about massage therapy, Danella. Well, well, th- well, thank you. And I agree there, there are so many facets to this conversation, but I totally appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak about this one, even small uh, overview. And so thank you so much for, for, for asking me to contribute. I'm grateful. Thank you again. But because this is a Saskatchewan based podcast, we always ask our guests, This one simple question, if you would be willing to tell us about one of your favorite things about living here, or perhaps you have a favorite place that you love in the province. Oh, I love the province in its entirety. You know, I often uh, think that there's a there's a topography that naturally feels like home to people. And for some people, that's the ocean, right? The ocean soothes their soul, as we say. Or for others, it might be the forest. That's their their happy place. Or, or it could be the desert for some. But you know, for me, it's the prairie. And I love the sky. I love the expansive horizon. To me, the prairies of Saskatchewan fuel my imagination. I typically imagine myself on horseback galloping over the next gentle rise. And I love the flatland of Saskatchewan. And of course, we don't have oceans, but we have beautiful lakes and we have desert and we have forest and we've got lots and lots of beauty in Saskatchewan to inspire. And and I'm always grateful that this is where I live. For sure. Well, and it's quite nice that we do have that range of landscape. So it only takes, you know, a little while to go and see something a little bit different, but that was such a great image to leave with us. And we often speak to how important getting out into nature can be, you know, it does wonders for the mind and the body. And we also know even just looking at imagery can improve our mood and release those feel good chemicals. If you have a limitation that makes it so that you can't actually get outdoors. But again, Danella, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. And I'm going to make sure that we get all the information we can so that people can come and learn from the Center of Integrative Medicine. And maybe they'll find some more, you know, practitioners or researchers or people with lived experience to um, give them some more skills and resources that they can put in their own toolbox. Alexandria, it was a pleasure. As mentioned during the episode, we have included some important show notes for links to information on the Center for Integrative Medicine so that you can attend some of those very informative seminars as they are open to anyone and everyone. We have included some statistics and research regarding the benefits of massage therapy, as well as a link on how to find a massage therapist here in Saskatchewan. 
As a pain patient, I am personally partial to myofascial release massage therapy, which really qualifies as that hurts so good type of massage that Danelda mentioned. But there are a wide array of resources to see what the best form of massage may be for you and your condition. Lastly, we are very near the end of our season and we are looking forward to sharing our last two special guests with you this September. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Your Partners in Pain, a podcast for people experiencing pain and those who help individuals living with pain. Funding for this podcast was provided by the Saskatchewan Community Initiatives Fund and the Saskatchewan Pain Society. For more information about our organization or to find additional resources, please find us on social media at SASPain or visit our official website, www.saskpain.ca. Thank you.